This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee. The governor unveils his new budget for the state. The bottom line, $91.4 billion, which is only about $300 million more than the current budget. That may sound like a lot, but it's one of the smallest increases in years. A central Florida lawmaker files a bill to legalize sports betting in the Sunshine State. Jeff Brandis says people are already doing it, so the state might as well regulate it and get a cut of the action. Looking for a green job? Well, check out the state's burgeoning medical marijuana industry. A new report says Florida's industry created more than 9,000 jobs last year, more than any other state. And that number will go through the roof if Floridians approve recreational use of cannabis. On the Sunrise interview today, we talk with Florida politics reporter A.G. Jankowski to get his take on the governor's new budget. A.G. says it's a safe budget in an election year. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events. And today's Florida Man segment is all about two Florida women who ended up in the pokey after attacking a guy's crotch. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, November 19th. When the governor unveiled his first budget, Ron DeSantis called it a bold vision for a brighter future. Now he's releasing Budget 2.0, the sequel. Uh, Today I'm uh, proud to uh, unveil for the first time the budget for a bolder, brighter, better future. And we think we're even improving on a lot of the great things that we did um, last year. Um, the environment, we're going to keep the momentum on that. And then we have a lot of major education initiatives. Um, And these are things in terms of policy that I think are very important. But I told my folks, I said, you know, we have got to do this in a way that is fiscally responsible um, or fiscally sustain and fiscally sustainable. And and that we just we're not going to budge on that. And I really believe that you had the ability to do a lot of really bold things, uh, but do that within the context of a budget that was built for the long haul. And I think that that's what we've done uh, today. The top line figure for the budget um, is $91.4 billion. Um, as you know, we enacted a budget uh, in the last fiscal year, which was basically $91 billion. The total budget recommendation, even though we have a lot of major new initiatives, which I'll talk about, but the total top line recommendation is actually a decrease in per capita spending because we've obviously had significant population growth. DeSantis says his top priority is education spending, including almost a billion dollars for teacher pay raises, along with one-time bonuses for teachers and principals. Education has been uh, probably our top uh, issue that we've been talking about over the last couple months. Uh, we're going to invest uh, $22.9 billion in funding for the FEFP. So that's an increase in over a billion dollars uh, over last year. Uh, $900 million uh, will represent the initiatives we've done uh, for teacher compensation, uh, teacher and principal bonus programs. Um, for making the minimum salary uh, $47,500, which takes Florida from 26 to number two in the nation, uh, that's about $603 million. That will include a raise, and, and there were some questions about this when we first rolled it out, because some people said, oh, is that the starting salary for new teachers, meaning you could have someone hired next school year that would be at 47.5, you'd have these other teachers still at 40. No, that's not the way it works. Everybody in Florida will be at a minimum of 47.5, and so that represents 101,000 current teachers uh, that will see a raise, and I think that that's something that will have a really meaningful impact in terms of recruiting and retaining uh, folks. And then we have 300 million 
for the Florida Classroom Teacher and Bonus Program. So we're getting rid of the best and brightest, which you know had gone through these iterations and I think was well-intentioned, but I don't know that that really ever hit the mark. Uh, so the 300 million um, is gonna provide uh, up to $7,500 in teacher bonuses and up to, I think, 10,000 in principal bonuses. The governor's next priority is the environment. He wants to fund a long list of items covering everything from protecting the springs of North Florida to removing the pythons from the Everglades. The environment, uh, I laid out this the first week in office. We wanted to do $2.5 billion over four years to protect water resources, which was a billion-dollar increase over the previous four. Uh, so we're going to continue doing that. We actually got more than the 625 I asked for um, for water resources. But what we're trying to do is not only do that again with the 625, but make it recurring over the next three years. So if we're successful in doing that, that commitment on the first week in office, you know, will have been effectively realized. Because I think once it's in there, it's recurring, particularly given that the public has been very supportive of this. I don't think it's going to be rolled back. Um, so you know, that's over 300 million for Everglades projects, 150 million for water quality improvements, 50 million to um, uh, reduce nutrients in the water, 50 million for springs restoration, more than 22 million to combat the effects and impacts of algae and red tide, um, over 50 million for beach renourishment, 9 million to protect coral reefs, 154 million to protect um, properties and in water, including 100 million for the Florida Forever program. And then we are upping the investment to help eradicate the Burmese python out of the Everglades. I mean, obviously, that's uh, been a problem for a number of years. Uh, the efforts have been stepped up recently. We want to go even further and get that done. There are some things you will not find in the governor's new budget, like pay raises for state workers or tax increases. And the tax cuts he is recommending would benefit consumers rather than corporations. We're still doing the same tax relief that we proposed last year, the back-to-school sales tax holiday, the disaster preparedness tax holiday, and then we're doing the RLE rollback um, for, for that. That RLE, the governor mentioned, is short for Required Local Effort. It's a system devised by the legislature that allows state lawmakers to raise or lower your local school taxes. By saying he wants to roll back the RLE, DeSantis is saying the legislature should have to lower the tax rate to balance out the annual increase in property values that would otherwise lead to higher property taxes for local schools. DeSantis says they're also holding the line on college tuition this year. We're increasing funding um, for both the colleges and the universities, but we're maintaining no increase in tuition for Florida colleges and universities. Um, and I think that's been part of the success for Florida moving up in these rankings is that um, this is becoming a really good value, and you can't say that about too many other aspects of higher education. A lot of these other uh, aspects of higher education, it's like people go really deep into debt, some of these like third and fourth tier private schools. Um, it's just crazy. So I think that that's really, really good. The legislature will write the real budget, so the governor's spending plan is only a recommendation. It is, however, getting a fairly warm reception. Senate President Bill Galvano issued a statement saying they share many of the governor's priorities. Galvano also thanked the gov for releasing his budget almost a month early so lawmakers have more time to dive into the details. House Speaker Jose Oliva calls the governor's budget most encouraging and says he is to be commended for his strict adherence to fiscal constraint. Speaker Oliva did throw some shade on the governor's teacher pay plan, but he says the spending plan is a solid base to begin the budget discussions.
State Senator Jeff Brandis files a bill to legalize sports betting for anyone 21 and older in Florida. It includes guidelines for regulation and limitations on who can place a bet in order to avoid unfair advantages from insiders. Brandis says illegal sports betting is a $150 billion a year underground industry in this country, and if the state legalizes, it would be more money for public schools, college scholarships, and educational services in Florida. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled last year that sports wagering is legal. Since then, 19 other states have passed laws regulating sports betting. Brandis also claims legalization of sports betting would, quote, enhance individual freedom. Monday on Sunrise, we talked about unemployment and job growth with the head of the Department of Economic Opportunity. But one thing we did not discuss was the surge of jobs in the marijuana industry. The U.S. Labor Department does not track those jobs because weed is still a Schedule One narcotic. But some form of marijuana is now legal in Florida and approximately two-thirds of the states. A cannabis information hub called Leafly has just issued the 2019 Cannabis Jobs Count, and they've calculated that marijuana employs more than 211,000 full-time workers in the U.S. Now, when you include indirect jobs, the total number of full-time workers who make a living in the legal cannabis industry is almost 300,000 nationwide. Florida added more than 9,000 cannabis jobs last year, more than any other state. And that growth is continuing this year, as Florida and California are expected to lead the way in a brand new type of green jobs. Up next, a deep dive with reporter A.G. Gankarski about the governor's new budget. But first, let's take care of our own budget. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. A lot of people give their opinions on politics and not just the talking heads on cable news. Everyone has an opinion. Sometimes a gentleman's wager can be the best way to tell how much someone believes their own spin. That's why you should check out what Predictit is doing. Predictit is like the stock market, but for politics. Instead of buying and selling oil futures, you can buy and sell shares in everything from who the Democratic nominee will be to if the president will be impeached. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Welcome back to Sunrise, where we're talking about the governor's budget in depth today. And our guest is reporter A.G. Gankarski, who's here in Tallahassee to help beef up our coverage for FloridaPolitics.com. A.G., this, was this your first budget conference? Uh, first one in person, of course, yes. So what's your takeaway? Well, it, it feels like he's got a budget that is going to reach his constituent groups. Um, it's a little bit more nominally, but per capita spending goes down uh, year over year. He made that point. Um, environmental spending is going to be big again. Educational spending, the teacher uh, bonus pro replacements for best and the brightest, that's going to be a big initiative this year. But what it feels like is he pretty much has leadership on board. Jose Oliva, except for the teacher proposal, said that he appreciated the fiscal rectitude in the budget. Bill Galvano essentially said the same thing. Um, so, you know, early signs are encouraging for this budget. Yeah, it's all kumbaya right now, but the details, when, when they get into the budget committee, that's where we see what's really going on. Now, i got to tell you, one of the things that's impressed me after covering all these budgets all over these years, this is probably the lowest increase from year to year that I've seen since the 80s. I mean, he's talking a total of about, what, $300 million between last year and this year. It sounds like a lot, but that's really a very small piece of the budget. Yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, he talked about reserve levels. Reserve levels are at 6% of the budget right now. That's important to him. That's important to the previous governor. Um, everybody's scared of 2008 coming back. Um, so when you look at this particular budget in that context, it is fiscally responsible. It's something where, 
interlooking Hurricane Michael and beach restoration, issues like that, basically still trying to dig out of the hole of the last decade. It's the state is on that trajectory. When I look at that particular budget, I look at somebody who's trying to, you know, score some winnable uh, policy goals, but no home runs in this budget. Nothing that's huge. This is a classic election year. Let's get out on time budget. There's also a lot of environmental issues there. He's trying to like touch all the bases without really solving any, you know, they're talking about Florida forever. It's a $300 million program. He wants $100 million for it because the money's not there to go 300. There's Springs money. There's money for the Blue Green Algae Task Force. There, there's also, does it, do you think he's really got a hold of it or is this just cover your bases? I, I think he's trying, um, you know, but how, how sustainable will these efforts be if the economy turns as people are expecting? That's the thing. So he's putting in, he's trying to dig out of the hole, but in, in terms of actually accomplishing these things, he needs a lot more budget than this, legisla this legislature would ever approve. Our thanks to AG for his take on the governor's budget and to the good folks at Chi-Chi's Cuban Cafe in Tallahassee who let us use their outdoor patio for the interview while construction crews were pounding away in the studio. Your calendar of events today, the Florida Education Association continues a bus tour calling for increased education funding. They'll be at several locations in Jacksonville and Orange Park. The Florida Elections Commission meets in the Senate Office Building. That starts at 8.30. The Budget and Finance Committee of the State University System Board of Governors meets at 8.30 in Fort Myers at Florida Gulf Coast University to talk about their budget request. The Southwest Florida Water Management District Governing Board meets at 9 o'clock in Tampa. The state's Financial Emergency Board for the City of Opelika meets at 10 a.m. in the Opelika City Commission Chamber. The State Division of Elections is holding a meeting about changes to rules dealing with vote-by-mail ballots for absent stateside uniformed service members and overseas voters. That starts at 11 in Tallahassee. There's a fundraising reception for Representative Tommy Gregory of Sarasota tonight at the Gold Coast Eagle Distributing of Sarasota. That's at 7.30. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed will hold a town hall meeting in Miami-Dade County to talk about clemency, voting rights restoration, and legislative priorities. It starts at 6.30 on the north campus of Miami-Dade College. Visit Florida holds its annual chairman's dinner tonight, 6.30 Central Time at the Sheraton on Panama City Beach. And I never thought I would say this, but State Representative Scott Plakin is bringing the funk. The founder and lead guitarist for the Commodores, Thomas McClary, will be performing tonight at a fundraiser for Plakin at the Heathrow Country Club. McClary's a native of Eustace who co-founded the Commodores with Lionel Richie back in the 70s. And time now for the crotchbuster edition of Florida Man. A Florida woman who was accused of leaving her five kids in the car so she could go drinking in a bar back in March strikes again. This time, Christine Johnson was arrested for battery after a seance and a night of drinking. Deputies in Charlotte County say she attacked Kenneth Drake, grabbed him by his hair, scratched, bit, kicked him in the groin before banging his head on the concrete floor. He was knocked out cold. The fight started over a football game and the couple tried to defuse the tension by holding a seance, calling on the spirits of the dead. Apparently, the spirits were angry. And a Miami Beach woman is facing criminal charges after biting her boyfriend's penis. Police say 33-year-old Esperanza Gomez told them she did it out of frustration after getting into an argument. She and her boyfriend had been drinking beer when Gomez left the apartment, returned with a female friend. Now, when the friend left, Gomez accused her man of wanting to hook up with her friend, and she began poking him with a knife. He didn't suffer any substantial injuries, but police charged her with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and battery. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. Back again tomorrow with a brand new episode. Until then, I'm Rick Flagg reporting for Florida Politics.